Good evening, friends. My name is Timo. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm glad to be here with you all celebrating this day. Um, so uh, please, if you have a Bible, go to Mark chapter 14, verse 12. Over the past few months, we've been working our way through the Gospel of Mark. Uh, and for the past few weeks, we've been considering the last few days or the last week of Jesus' ministry in Jerusalem. And today, as Pastor JT mentioned, we will be considering Jesus' last meal with his disciples, which, what we call the Last Supper. Okay? So that's what we have for tonight. Let's read together or listen as I read. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the, Lord, the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, and wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room that I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. There prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and to say to uh, to say, and to say to him one after another, is it I? He said to them, it is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took bread and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to them, and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, this is your word, and we need it. By your spirit, allow us to experience your grace and power as we read and meditate on it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we will consider three things about the Lord's the Last Supper which is what we see at the end of this passage. Okay, three things. And first thing is that the Last Supper is a meal to remember. I don't, I don't know about you, but um, I thought that as I got older, that I would care less and less about my birthday. Uh, but as it turns out, I find myself caring more and more about, about it. Uh, it's a day that I want to spend doing something that I enjoy, 
uh, with people I love, and of course, eating some really good food. Um, the older I get, uh, I want to have that special day to remember God's goodness to me, uh, to be grateful, and also to just have a great time. Um, and the Passover, which, uh, which we see uh, Jesus and his disciples celebrating in, in this passage, was uh, a sort of uh, birthday celebration. It was the birthday of Israel as a nation. Uh, it was a time when uh, the people of Israel remembered God's salvation in the past, right? So about 1,500 years before the time of Jesus, uh, the tribes of Israel were enslaved in Egypt. They were there for uh, 400 years until God raised his servant Moses and led them out. Uh, and if you recall uh, the story in, in the book of Exodus, uh, God told Moses that the night before the Exodus, each uh, or every household had to kill a lamb, stain the doorposts of, of their houses with the blood of the lamb, and then they had to eat the lamb, right? And that same night, what God was going to do is that he was going to strike the firstborn sons of all the land, except those households that were marked with the blood of the lamb. And so that night, every household in the land of Egypt was going to have a, either a dead son or a dead lamb. So it was a pretty terrible judgment. And yet it was also an incredible deliverance. I think as gruesome as that uh, event was, there's there an, uh, a picture of God's grace. And I think that's fascinating. I know uh, the Old Testament gets uh, a bad rap for being really bloody and, and all of that. But think about it. God is doing all the judging and all the saving and in both of those things, there's a lot of blood involved. Yes, it's true. But while God is doing all of that, his people are called to sit down and eat. They're just supposed to enjoy the benefits. And I think there, that's a picture of grace. It's not help from God. It's a gift. It's an invitation to enjoy what someone else has provided. And so God commanded uh, the people of Israel to commemorate uh, this, this event uh, throughout its generations. Uh, and um, that became the yearly feast of the Passover. And for the most part, uh, Israel celebrated the Passover on a yearly basis. Um, it became, over time, a big celebration in the life of, of the nation probably the most important day in the, in the Jewish calendar. And so this is what Jesus and his disciples were gathered to celebrate. To remember how God had saved Israel and to eat. But this Passover was going to be a bit different. It was not going to be only about what God had done in the past, but it was going to be about 
what God was about to do in the present. It was going to be also a meal to savor. That's the second thing, a meal to savor. See, right after Jesus said that he was going to be betrayed by one of his own disciples, Jesus takes bread and he says, this is my body. Then he takes wine and he gives it to his disciples and says, this is my blood. You and I might be um, too familiar with this passage uh, and sometimes we don't feel the, the, the shock of these words, how shocking these words are. Put yourself in the uh, disciples' shoes, right? So over their, all their lives, right, they had celebrated this, this meal, this Passover, and it was a very important meal. It was the most important feast, uh, a feast that, um, that defined their identity, their citizenship, their personal and communal faith. And thus far, they had experienced it as something that had happened in the past, as something that they were to look back on. But here, essentially, uh, Jesus says, the Passover was not only about what God did earlier in our history. The Passover is about me. It's about what I'm going to do right now. And you see, um, back in the Exodus, God had rescued Israel from political and physical bondage in Egypt. Uh, But Jesus had come now to rescue his people from a much worse in deeper bondage. It's the bondage that every single human being since Adam and Eve has been born into. That is the bondage to sin. It's important that we define what sin is. It's sin is rebellion against God. It's turning our backs to him. Or as Caitlin, my wife, and I tell our kids, is saying no to God. I think maybe we took that from the Jesus Storybook Bible, but, uh, but that's what we say to our kids. It's saying no to God. It's saying no to his existence. It's saying no to loving him with all our hearts. It's saying no to honoring him. Saying no to his design for our lives. Saying no to his commandments. That is sin, is rejecting God's rule and seek to assert our own. And the sad irony is that as sinful people, we believe that by rejecting God, we will find freedom. That is how sin was sold to Adam and Eve. And that is also how sin is sold to us. Uh, The thing is that sin does not give what it promises. Instead of freedom, sin gives us disappointment, meaninglessness, aimlessness, pain, death. And many of us can testify to all of those things uh, in our own lives. But the worst thing of all is that sin, our rebellion against God, earns us God's judgment Because of sin, we deserve to be cut off 
from the presence and blessings of God forever. And no apology, no guilty feelings, no good work, no accomplishment on our part can help us. It's not a great situation for us, to say the least. But when Jesus stands there with his disciples, Jesus says, I've come to change that. I've come to deal with sin. Have you ever been to a funeral luncheon? It's such a um, strange occasion, right? It's a celebration that someone has died. It's, uh, it's a time to mourn that someone has passed. And yet, it's also a time to remember who they were, what they did, um, what their life meant to us. This is why a lot of people call them celebrations of life, you know, the, the funeral and all of that. But there in the upper room, Jesus celebrates his own death, his own impending death. Because out of love for sinners, Jesus would suffer in our place. God's judgment would be poured out on him so that it would pass over us. And don't get me wrong, when I say that Jesus celebrated uh, his own death, I'm not saying that, um, that Jesus was happy to go to the cross. In fact, if you keep reading the rest of chapter 14, you'll see that, uh, that Jesus was in deep distress at the prospect of bearing the wrath of God against sin. But Jesus can celebrate because his death would be the death of sin. And so the disciples eat the bread and drink the cup that Jesus gives them. And what they savor is not just bread and wine, it's not just a memory of something that happened, it's not a distant hope, it's not just the shadow of something that's coming, but it's the reality. Jesus' body would be broken. His body would be shed. Uh, his blood would be shed. And uh, Jesus would do this for their salvation and also for the salvation of all of those who trust in him. And so the Last Supper uh, with his disciples was a meal to remember and also a meal to savor. But there's one more thing. The Last Supper was also a meal to long for. Um, if you are married or um, you um, are about to get married or you've been in a wedding party, you know uh, what a rehearsal dinner is, right? Uh, it usually takes place the night before the ceremony and it's one more thing that the poor couple needs to worry about. Um, but... It's a meal in joyful anticipation of the big day, right? Before concluding the meal, 
Jesus tells um, his disciples this. He says, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying here at least two things. Uh, One, which I think is kind of implied, um, is that after his death and resurrection, he will depart from this world and he will eventually come back. In that period between his first and second coming, uh, during that period, the church, us, uh, will carry out the mission to take the message, uh, the gospel of salvation to every nation and, and part of the world. So in other words, the work of Jesus is not done. The work of taking the message of Jesus is not done. The message of the kingdom must spread until the kingdom fully comes. So that's the first thing. But then the second thing, and this is, I think, it's, it's more explicit, is that Jesus says that he won't drink uh, wine again until the kingdom of God. Why is that? Is there no wine in heaven? Is Jesus a teetotaler? I would uh, argue against that. Um, Jesus is saying that there's a time coming, a time that he's looking forward to, a meal that he longs to take part in. Isn't that amazing? We usually talk about our desire to be with the Lord in heaven. But how often do we talk about the Lord's desire for us to join him in heaven, for him to be with us? The Bible talks about that meal that Jesus is looking forward to as a wedding feast. Jesus won't drink wine because he is wetting his taste buds for that day when we will join him in his kingdom and all will be all right. We will feast in his house. We will sing. We will rejoice in all the things that he's done for us. We will feast and we will weep no more. And the Lord gave us this table that we are going to participate in now so that we would remember, we would savor, and we would long for him. Join me in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you that you gave your body to be broken, your blood to be shed, because you loved us. You did, it, you did it for the joy set before you. Lord, we join you in that joy as we sing, as we partake of this table. Thank you for what you've done for us. We love you. We long for your return. In your name we pray. Amen.